it's the June 21st, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown, a reconfiguration of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, our little wise guy, Mahler, the fake news dog. Good morning, Mahler. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful kind of rainy day here in Southern it California. Is, it is. Right in June. Yes. Strange. Coming up, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Permafrost, a shrinking moon, and more. But first, yes. do you like skeletons, Mike? I do on Halloween, but beyond that, not much. Not yeah. much. Not much. Don't you like uh, the, the architecture? It's a beautiful architecture. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, the human, is. the human so. skeletal form, is a marvel. That's why I like trees, because mm. you can see their bones. That's true. That is yeah. true. Modern life is transforming your skeleton, Mike. How so, Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> Our skeletons are not what we think they are. They're not all hard, and they're kind of malleable. Yeah. They're almost like clay. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. They're they malleable, be, yeah, yeah. Can be uh, uh, pinched and shaped. Yes. The pure white bones displayed in museums may seem rigid and dead, but right now your bones are very much alive. They're actually pink with blood vessels, and they're constantly being broken down and rebuilt. Well, they're calcified with those veins and blood in them, yes, yes. Each person's skeleton develops according to a rough template set out in their DNA, but it's then custom-designed to accommodate the unique stresses of your life. Are you in your cell a lot? By other people's standards, I don't think so, but I think a lot of people who are on the phone a lot don't think they're on on the phone a lot, so... I'll say no. I'm yeah. not on the phone. Let's see the back of your head. <laughs> Let's, there it is. Yeah. There's, wow. my bu- there's my bump right there. You got horns. I got <laughs> <laughs> The time we spend on our smartphones appears to be changing the shape of our skulls. We're getting horns on the lower backside of the skull just above the neck. Yeah. They're more like little legs. Yeah. They're horns, but they're pointing down. Yeah. So they're like little stands. Just to you sort know, of prop it up, yeah. If you had a yeah. little alarm clock. Yeah. yeah, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. By the way, this in case people are interested, you should pursue this one because yeah. it tells us a lot about how adaptable humans can be as well. Uh, we're getting horns on the lower back of the skull, just above the neck. If you have one, you'll probably be able to feel it with your fingers, or if you're bald, you may even be able to see it from behind. In one study. One in four people aged 18 to 30 had horns. One in four. Wow, wow that's amazing. Uh, see young folk on the cell phone and tablets, too, because you're hunched over. We grew these horns because we crane our necks and hold our heads forward when we use a cell or a tablet. The average head weighs about 10 pounds. Mine weighs 20. Uh, yeah. You have an enormous head. I know. Filled with a lot of stuff, too. Well, maybe. Maybe. Bone, well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> A Mahler, Mahler has yeah. a, Mahler yeah, has Mahler. an appropriate size cranium. Yeah. I have a very small one. You think? I do. Yeah. I know I do. That's too bad. My hat size tells me a lot about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the stress of hunching forward is giving us horns. Yeah, yeah. Scientists have also discovered our elbows are shrinking. 
Yeah. That's crazy. It is. Because we're not using them as much. Right. So, you know, why bother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, let's make little elbows instead of these big old things. That right. We, we used to uh, you know, do a lot of work. We, we, we yeah. Did, we did were that joint. Exactly. Out in the fields, working, building stuff. We don't yeah. do that anymore. We've also developed a slight overbite that has shaped the way we speak. The shape of the jaw was mostly affected by whether the person had grown up in a hunter-gatherer society or a community that relied on farming. It's all down to how much chewing we do when we're growing up. Yes. I thought I did a lot of chewing, but it's soft chewing. You're not uh, pulling the meat apart with your... We're not zombies. We're not zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're not chewing on someone's intestines. Right. Everything now is cooked, and then you have utensils to bring it down to a proper size. It's kind of sometimes, if you you go to a senior center, it's all mushy. It's all mushy. (laughs) (laughs) The the invention of the blender and pureeing is what's ruined us. In modern farm-based societies where the food is soft and palatable, we can wolf down a meal without needing to mash it up much first. That's where we get our little overbite. And as a result, it's easier for us to say F. And V. And V. Yeah. F F and and V. V. There's certain. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Mahler. He's pretty good. And V, Mahler. V, Mahler. Well, that's not. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Good. There's certain F words we can't use on the air, but there's. Yeah, that's right, Mahler. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever want to be a. Astronaut? I no. I never just really to wanted the to just to change. Yeah. The, I don't want to be an astronaut, but I truly appreciate people who do want to be yeah. astronauts. Do you? Space Ranger? Space Did you want to be a space well, I wanted ranger? to be a, of course yeah. I wanted to be a space ranger. Captain Kirk? <laughs> well you, you, <laughs> That's another thing. That's another know, thing. Yeah. Even with today's most powerful rocket engines, scientists estimate it would take 50,000 years to reach our closest interstellar neighbor, Alpha Centauri. Yeah. Alpha Centauri. I've always said Alpha Centauri. Tari, Tari. Tari. You say Tari. (laughs) I say Tari. But there are propulsion theories that point to quicker interstellar transport, Mm -hmm. maybe in a lifetime. Yeah. You just get up to Alpha Centauri in in your life. This has always been the thing that has been the most challenging impediment to us moving to another colony. Yeah. Is the fact that we can't get there fast. Stop that. That we can't get there fast enough. Planet. It's called a planet. I understand. We'll colonize it, though. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. Uh, It's called the M drive. That's how we're going to do this. Maybe. Maybe. The M drive works by converting electricity into microwaves and channeling this electromagnetic radiation through a conical chamber. That doesn't explain very much. In theory, the microwaves can exert force against the walls of the chamber to produce enough thrust to propel a spacecraft. Unfortunately, the M drive exists only as a laboratory prototype, and they don't even know if it thrusts at all. (laughs) This sounds sounds hinky to me. (laughs) Over the past few years, however, a handful of research teams, including one from NASA, so it's not just some guys out in a shack in Barstow. Right. There's guys from NASA claim to have successfully produced thrust with an M drive. Not much thrust but nevertheless thrust. That would be one of the biggest breakthroughs in the history of space exploration. Enough to make it theoretically possible. Now, have they produced a lot of thrust? No, but enough. Plausible, maybe. Yeah, plausible. 
Many scientists and engineers dismiss the M drive because it appears to violate the laws of physics. Well, ah, what the well, heck? Well, <laughs> just a small part of, come on, guys, work with us. Microwaves pushing on the walls of an M drive chamber seem to generate thrust out of nothing, hmm. which is nuts because the conservation of momentum thing, you know, and this is all action and no reaction. <clears throat> okay. You know, it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. But M-Drive freaks say quantum mechanics may explain how the M-Drive might work without violating Newtonian principles. Some far reaches of quantum mechanics propose that you can have all action and no reaction. However, just the, the one thing I've always heard from science fiction people is yeah. that the antimatter might be enough to propel us. Science fiction people? Well, science. Consider the word fiction. No, I know. Science and, I mean, theoretical science, yeah, yeah. whatever. That that might be the, the thing. And I don't know if this is taking advantage of the antimatter in the universe. Oof. In the you universe. want to believe this, don't you? I want to believe that we're capable of busting out of our little... I want to believe we're capable of taking care. Absolutely. Of, of our planet. Absolutely. Yeah. This should, if we do decide, if we can technically get off the planet Earth and move somewhere else, that this will be seen as a nice little resort to visit now and then with all the... But that's why we've never run into aliens, because a civilization that advances any further than we do destroys itself. That is yeah. a working theory, that, yeah. that we can't get yeah. past this. It's so sad. Yeah. If this news intrigues you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI? Please, just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio at 88.9 FM. KUCI.org. Very nice, Molly. And now, it's time for Mahler's favorite part of the show, Recycling Update. <laughs> he always likes when this we do the recycling update. This is such a crowd pleaser. Yeah. I can't believe. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Your coffee cup probably isn't recyclable. That's a disappointment yeah, to it me. It is. Yeah. It is. It's made of different kinds of materials. Recyclers don't like that. Yes. Billions of single-use coffee cups discarded each year have a thin plastic coating inside the cup that may prevent leakage, but you can't peel that away from the paper cup itself, That's the true. paper part. It could be recyclable, but since we can't tear it apart, right. no recycling company wants that. That means the cups can't be recycled as paper or plastic. It usually ends up in a landfill. Yeah, I think we just fool ourselves all the time with this stuff, yeah. don't we? Right? Wishful recycling. Yes. Coffee cup lids, due to the low quality of the plastic, aren't popular with buyers of secondhand plastic either and break up into small, unusable pieces. Right. They're just fragile. They're brittle. Yeah. And they break up, yeah. The best solution is to get your own reusable coffee cup. Yes. You go to Starbucks. Here's my 12-ounce coffee cup. Yeah. Fill it up. Those flimsy clamshell containers that fruits and vegetables are sold in yeah. are often low quality and made of different kinds of plastics, so nobody wants to recycle that stuff because yeah. you have to separate the different kinds of plastics. This applies to takeout containers, too. In general, plastic bottles labeled with the recycling numbers one and two. 
you know, the drinking bottles yep. Uh, yep. are accepted across the U.S. Yep. Any empty plastic bottles with a neck and screw-on cap are recyclable, pretty much. Okay. Neck, screw-on cap, recyclable. And you need to clean your recycling. That's important. So if you just leave the minestrone soup inside the plastic container, that won't work. That's not going to work. First thing you do, yeah. yeah. The first thing you do, feed it to your dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. He licks it clean. And and, and by he the loves it. and by the way, yeah. The, this yeah, that's right. By the way, the fact that you know California has uh, imposed a a single use plastic bag regulation across the state. In fact, they're really not that good either to recycle. Yeah. They're, they're, oh yeah. They're flimsy. Plastic bags suck. They degrade. They can clog up expensive sorting equipment. They're causing delays and endangering workers. There's a whole bunch of reasons to never use those plastic bags. That's, for me, a rule. I never take one of the. I'm in a restaurant taking some takeout. Never, ever use one of those plastic bags. I try not to take any bag. Yeah, you're right. Most things come in a bag. Yeah. What do I need a bag to put a bag in? Canvas bags are great. You can use them. You can wash them. They're great. And those little arrows, they don't mean jack. (laughs) The Chasing Arrows recycling icon is essentially clip art. There's no oversight for how the icon is used. As a result, it's often misused on packaging to make it look like something is recyclable when it's not. Hard plastic with the numbers 1 and 2, like soda, shampoo, and laundry detergents, the bottles, have the most consistent recycling markets. Numbers three through seven include a lot of the soft plastic clamshell containers, coffee cup lids, and uh, they're not so recyclable at all. Yeah. And by the way, one last depressing aspect of this story Uh is that because China has stopped accepting a lot of material that we were recycling, including plastic, it's now going to the poorest countries around the world, and they're paying these people pennies a day to essentially sort through it and it is to the point of this story. And turn into mutations. Yeah. And to the point of the story, at the end of the day, probably not worth anything of value. What is it, Mother? Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. spends 10 times more on fossil fuel subsidies than education. That's depressing. A new International Monetary Fund study shows the U.S. spent. trillion globally on fossil fuel subsidies in 2017. That's trillion dollars in five of them, the equivalent of over 6.5 of global gross domestic product of that year. It also represented a half trillion dollar increase since 2015 when China, 1.4 trillion, and the U.S., 649 billion, and Russia, 551 billion. That's all on fuel subsidies right. with the largest subsidizers. Fossil fuels account for 85% of all global subsidies. So we're killing ourselves, and we're taxing ourselves to kill ourselves. Yes, you're exactly right. Again, I'll say it. I've said it before. Is there anything about fossil fuel that isn't destructive, dirty, disgusting, and horrible for all of us? Extraction is a nightmare. Yeah. Transporting it is a nightmare refining it, and then putting it in our car to pollute, to put more carbon into the atmosphere. Uh Cancer. It's an ecosystem. It is an ecosystem. It's its own ecosystem. And on top of that, we are bankrupting our society in that process. When we have available technologies that transform sunlight into energy. Huh? Huh? 
If nations in 2015 had reduced subsidies so the sellers had to sell at the real price instead of the subsidized price, the International Monetary Fund says that would have lowered global carbon emissions by 28% and fossil fuel air pollution deaths by 46% and increased government revenue by 3.8% of GDP. Right. That's, so we'd have been better off. We would have been better off on so many levels. And by the way, these are the same clowns in Congress who talk about pulling yourself up on your bootstraps. All these guys who are the rah-rah for capitalism and free market and all the rest of it. These are the same guys who are voting to support the... Yeah, subsidize. Subsidize. It's socialism. It is socialism for the, the rich and the dirty. So, let me say again, the U.S. spends 10 times more on fossil fuel subsidies than on education. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on Tumblr at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter at KUCIFM on Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn or on iTunes. Go to Internet College University KUCI 88.9 FM. M. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface, an autonomous underwater vehicle that was named in a 2016 internet poll, discovered that stronger Antarctic winds, the result of a growing hole in the ozone layer, have been causing more ocean turbulence, which in turn has raised sea levels and temperatures. Sherwood Rowland must be turning over in his grave right now. Yes. Temperatures were 40 degrees higher than normal in Greenland as the country's ice sheet lost an estimated 2 billion tons of ice during record melting and areas of the Arctic Ocean that have been frozen for most of human history were reported to be underwater. Meanwhile, permafrost at outposts in the Canadian Arctic is thawing 70 years earlier than predicted. And that's not good. This is one of those stories yeah. that every now and then, even as, as dire as these stories tend to be that we here on Weekly Signals discuss, these are the ones that really get my attention, Yeah, the, that really frighten me. The ocean current slowing down and this. Yeah. When is the next story going to say the same thing, only with that 70 years? You right. know what I'm saying? We're predicting out into the future, given... Yeah, these 70 years, right. when are we going to make the same mistake and it's going to be right at our doorstep yeah. and it's over? It, it pretty much is at our doorstep. It is at our doorstep. It'll be in our house. A scientific team from the University of Alaska Fairbanks said they were astounded by how quickly a succession of unusually hot summers had destabilized the upper layers of giant subterranean ice blocks that had been frozen solid for millennia. The climate is now warmer than at any time in the last 5,000 or more years. How can that be, Mike? I got a snowball right here. I got it. I got a, I'm holding a snowball. You know, yeah. and I've got, a, I've got a margarita here. That blender's telling me there's, there's no climate change. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm listening to the What kind one. of idiot leaders do we have? Jesus. It's so disgusting. You know, I grew up with hope. You know. Honest, I, really, I thought people were going to be smart, uh, and I at least expected them to be smarter than me. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> honestly, what is more depressing, that they really don't know, they really honestly don't believe what the science is telling them, yeah. or that they are so greedy and self-serving that they know it, but they're making more money 
because they so choose. they can protect themselves so they when can, yeah. when the shite goes down. Well, I just yeah. What is more depressing? And I I don't know that that's even a. No, they're not Christians. Not, they're not Christians. Scientists warn that sharply higher temperatures would devastate the global south and threaten the viability of industrial civilization in the northern hemisphere. Thawing permafrost is one of the tipping points for climate breakdown, and it's happening before our very eyes, said Jennifer Morgan, executive director of Greenpeace International. This premature thawing is another clear signal that we must decarbonize our economies and immediately. And immediately. Yeah, yeah. seriously. That's right, Mahler. Decarbonize. The permafrost may also start releasing pollution anthrax, even nuclear waste, as it's thawing out. Yeah. That's the story that's around the corner, is the unintended consequences. All the things that we're talking about right now. Rising sea levels. Rising sea levels, uh, the slowing down of the ocean currents, the impact on species, on insects, on us, and all. We know that stuff. It's the stuff that it's going to trigger that we had no concept of the depth and breadth of how it was going to impact us, and that we will not know how to respond to it. The organic rich permafrost holds an estimated 1,500 billion tons of carbon. That's about twice as much carbon in the atmosphere and three times as much carbon than that stored in all the world's forests. And one other depressing thought is the amount of methane that will also be introduced into the atmosphere, which is many times more potent than carbon. Between 30 and 70% of the permafrost may melt before 2100, depending on how effectively we respond to climate change. In other words, if we get off our asses and do something about this, the 70% is business as usual if we continue down this path. And 30% is if we vastly reduce our fossil fuel emissions. Around 10% of the carbon that does defrost will probably be released as CO2, amounting to 130 to 150 billion tons. But there's more than carbon being released. Mm -hmm. In the summer of 2016, a group of nomadic reindeer herders got sick from a mysterious illness. And it ended up being anthrax. Oh, my God. After a a boy and 2,500 reindeer died, they discovered what it was. Its origin was a defrosting reindeer carcass, a victim of anthrax outbreak 75 years ago. Oh, my God. Diseases like Spanish flu, smallpox, or the plague. That one. Yeah. That plague. That had been wiped out might be frozen in the permafrost. A French study in 2014 took a 30,000-year-old virus frozen within permafrost and warmed it back up in the lab, and it promptly came back to life 300 centuries later. Wow. Yeah. Mercury is also entering the food chain thanks to thawing permafrost. Mm -hmm. Mercury now. Mm -hmm. Roughly twice the global amounts in all other soils, oceans, and atmosphere. Permafrost is almost the perfect mercury storm there's a lot of mercury in permafrost the mercury would be released into wetland systems because there it is there it is right permafrost is essentially a wetland system or will be a wetland system wetland systems are the right environment for organisms to take them up and then mercury heads up the food web and ends up in our stomach that's right melting permafrost is causing animal carcasses to surface (laughs) 
This is kind of an interesting <laughs> one rather than a life-threatening right, one. Right. The head of a 40,000-year-old wolf was found preserved in permafrost in Siberia with its fur, teeth, and brain intact. <laughs> oh, no, Mama. <laughs> Yeah, one of your cousins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. little howl out to that wolf. You <laughs> to know, the, you gotta, to the, yeah. gotta give him some respect there. And some climate damage deniers are saying that the Arctic is greening, and this is a good thing. They got a snowball, and the Arctic is greening. What could be better? That's the lunatic know. woman that Trump wanted to appoint to the EPA. <laughs> She was talking about how green Siberia was becoming and how great that was for everyone. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What a bunch of jackasses. That's true. Yeah, it is greening. But studies of animal populations show that warmer temperatures increase the prevalence of viruses and disease. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more caribou and reindeer and eventually people and become sick as a result of the warming climate. And people. Yeah. Please, people. You heard that. And people. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the White House. Yeah. Or the Dumb House. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler announced the Affordable Clean BS Energy Rule. <laughs> the Affordable Clean. They had to put those words oh, in Oh, of course they did. Yeah. It's not only going to cost less, but it's going to be clean. I think as a rule of thumb, whenever you hear words like affordable and clean... Just imagine that you're in bizarro land. Yeah. You are now living in a place where everything means opposite of what yeah. it actually... It's going to cost a lot, and it's going to kill you. And it's going to kill you. <laughs> that, that is what it really is, is a rollback of key Obama climate rule policies that targeted coal plants. Despite scientific warnings, the Trump administration issued a new rule that cuts carbon emissions from power plants by less than half of what is needed to avoid catastrophic global warming. Mm -hmm. The affordable, clean BS energy rule is the Trump administration's most significant action to unwind federal regulations aimed at addressing climate change and getting rid of everything good Obama accomplished. Yes. And that's what Trump's real goal is here. Absolutely. That's what this is he, about. Obama hurt his feelings. Addressing a group that included coal miners from Pennsylvania and West Virginia, Wheeler, our EPA chief, said, This means cleaner and more affordable energy for the American public, and I'll see you all in hell. <laughs> Environmental groups and some attorneys general, including New York's Letitia James and California's Javier Becerra, are threatening to challenge the Trump rule in court, but the strategy carries some big risk since the new illegal conservative Supreme Court, that would be the one without Merrick Garland in it, That's right. could limit the EPA's ability to set mandatory carbon emissions limits for the states under existing law. Mm -hmm. So it would defang, perhaps, mm -hmm. the EPA for any upcoming administration. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I do believe this is what's going to happen. When Trump is defeated in 2020, as the Republicans are walking out the door, they're going to eviscerate all of the authority that these cabinet agencies yeah. have in order to... Strip them of their authority. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ruling could keep some coal plants in business and make it harder for companies to pass on the cost of investing in renewables to consumers. But on the upside, coal is dying. 
DTE chairman, that's DTE, that's in Detroit, DTE chairman and CEO Jerry Anderson, whose Detroit-based utility has pledged to cut its carbon output by 80% mm-hmm. by 2040, mm-hmm. said the new regulation won't affect the decision to shutter 14 of its 18 cold fire units by the end of the decade because they're not making money, they're not doing anything good over there, and it's much more efficient to have solar power and wind power and alternative energy sources. That's the other thing. Renewables are coming down in cost literally by the day, and the cost of fossil fuel is going up. The only reason it's not skyrocketed is because of the subsidies that it receives. This is an illusion. And I understand why people who have for generations been mining coal, there is an emotional visceral connection to that. Yeah, I always feel really close to black lung disease. Well, I, I know, but these people genuinely yeah, believe they that they there. built America. The coal well, industry they has they built, built this up ethos. to this point. Yes. Time to let go. But, but <laughs> it is time. We're no longer killing whales for whale oil to power our economy. Yeah. We have moved on, and now it's time for us to move into a realm which will maybe possibly guarantee the survival of the species. <laughs> Mother! Mother agrees. And now it's time to play Who's More Evil? (laughs) Who's More Evil? A single question game show that asks what's on everyone's mind. Who's more evil? Today's question, who's more evil? O.J. Simpson or Jared Kushner? Hmm. Who's killed more people as the result of their incompetence and their venal nature? I believe Jared Kushner is the right answer. On this. You're oh, wrong. So, so sorry. The correct answer was Mohammed bin Salman. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of like a little trick question. I didn't there. see that coming at all. <laughs> Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling on government-owned mortgage financier Freddie Mac to provide details on his reported backing of an $800 million loan to the real estate firm owned by White House advisor Jared Kushner's family. The loan raises serious questions about conflicts of interest and whether the Kushner companies may have received special treatment from Freddie, which is currently in government conservatorship. Liz Warren. Yeah. You know her. Yeah, Liz. Presidential candidate. Yep. Democrat from Massachusetts. Oh, cool. Cool gal. Yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. And yeah. Senator Tom Carper also wrote this, a Democrat from Delaware. They wrote this to Freddie CEO Donald Layton. Kushner companies obtained the loan from mortgage lender Bricadia to purchase more than 6,000 apartment units in Maryland and Virginia. Freddie Mac guaranteed the loan. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are two quasi-government agencies. They're sort of a private-public conglomeration. And depending on who's in the White House is which way they tilt. And with Trump in the White House, they tilt towards industry as opposed to government oversight. And that's what's happening here. Jared Kushner, you know him as Trump's son-in-law. He is his son-in-law. Or the uh, runner-up to today's question, who's more evil? Yes. Jared Kushner drew criticism for transferring ownership of many of his holdings in the company to immediate family members, rather than selling them and placing the proceeds in an individual trust when he entered the White House. That's right. Something that Trump said he did. And it's just in the same way that yeah. Kushner said he did. These are liars. They're just lying. And you're right. And the fact that the Saudis and also the Emirates are involved in essentially bailing out his family's real estate business. Yeah. This is the building that's on 666 Fifth Avenue. 
That's the address. And why aren't the Christians up on this? I mean, the born-agains. Yeah. And, you know, there's plenty of good Christians yeah, out there. That's right. But these born-agains that go off on right. these fantastical, Again. mystical trips into the Antichrist. Again. You know, yeah. 666. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. That's your number. That's, that's not my number. Your, that's your mark of the beast, yeah, as I recall. Yeah, pay attention. Yeah, yeah, we're running down a checklist of the Antichrist. Trump checks a lot of boxes. And here his prodigy, his yeah. son-in-law, <laughs> owns a building at 666 Fifth Avenue. Which is the center of a lot of controversy. And in the center of a lot of dispute in the Middle East, which these Christians are big on, these, these evangelicals. Warren and Carper continued... The fact pattern in this case of Kushner Companies receiving its largest loan in a decade, Mr. Kushner's refusal to fully and clearly divest from his former company, and the Kushner's company's recent history of engaging in transactions that appear to raise conflicts of interest for Mr. Kushner, raise significant questions about the circumstances under which Freddie approved and Kushner Companies received this loan. I think it's very simple. They need to find out how this happened uh-huh. because this negotiations for this building and the refinancing of it went on for months yeah. and months. And there was a lot of speculation that it wasn't going to happen. And if it didn't happen, the Kushner real estate empire was going to collapse. They owed $1.2 billion. And now it's time to play Who's More Evil? <laughs> Did we already do this, Mike? I think we might have, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go with... Today's question... Mohammed bin Salman. Today's question, who's more evil? Okay. Jared Kushner yes. or Charles Manson? Oh, yeah. that is tough. <laughs> I'm going to take a pass. I can't take a pass. Uh, I'm going to say Jeannie Buss. <laughs> You're wrong. It's Jared Kushner. <laughs> Senate Democrats have asked the Federal Reserve to scrutinize Deutsche Bank over suspicious transactions tied to Kushner. Since Kushner entered the White House as a senior advisor to his father-in-law, Trump, a company Kushner co-founded has received over $90 million in foreign funding channeled through secretive offshore companies. Charles Manson never did that. Never. 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 The public has no idea where this money is coming from. Mm. Major problem given that Kushner is a liar Mm. Mm. and is not just one of Trump's chief international envoys, but he's the big shot envoy. Yeah. He's yes, the guy yes, apparently yes. in charge. We don't know. There's so many acting this and acting right. that. Well, well, his portfolio is for peace in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, what else has he got? He's got uh, saving America. Saving America. Right. I think he's got. Uh, Remember, he wanted to turn America into a company. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's a, right. A, a yeah, business, criminal justice reform. Yeah. There's he's like five or six things that uh-huh. are impossible for him to do. <sighs> Kushner founded the company in question, an online commercial real estate broker called Kadra, with his brother Joshua in 2014. Kadra is going to make us billionaires, Kushner announced shortly afterwards. He refused to give up the entirety of his stake when he joined the Trump administration. Kushner claims he divested from most of it, but shareholders were not notified of any sale. Which, <laughs> which, which is a fiduciary which, responsibility yeah. to do, yeah. if they do, something like that. On his financial, initial financial disclosure form to the government, which he filed in March of 2017 with the Office of Government Ethics, Kushner did not even list his stake in Kadra, 
which was worth $25 million at the time. Can you imagine if we did that? Yeah. Charles Manson would never no, do that. No, no. Charlie Manson, his crime was pretty significant. He wanted to be a singer-songwriter. Yeah. Okay, then, so and then I, he got I, upset because he was he wasn't. got upset and, and yeah. some things, yeah, what happened. That's, we shouldn't make fun of the fact that he was a homicidal maniac, but... No. No, that's horrible. Yeah, he's, yeah we shouldn't. But then but Jared then, Kushner. But J- Jared Kushner's he's behavior. and he Yes, he's a liar. And his behavior and his lack of real interest in beginning to tackle some of these very important issues in the Middle East is going to lead to the deaths of thousands of people. Yeah. After he lied, after the lie was reported by the Wall Street Journal, a lawyer for Kushner said that the omission was inadvertent. Yeah. The mission was inadvertent. You're making $25 million off the deal. They're asking you where their money's coming from. That, that Oxios uh, interview with him from a couple of weeks ago was relevatory for me because it answers the question is why had we heard so little from him during the first two and a half years of this administration? He is a habitual liar. By June 2018, Kushner's stake in Cadre was valued at up to $50 million, or between 3% and 6% of the company. A whistleblower has alleged that Kushner's business interests are among the reasons career White House personal security officers recommended that he and his ugly, conflicted wife, Ivanka, not be given security clearance, a recommendation the orange devil ignored. Of course he did. Yeah. Researchers theorize that the moon is shrinking as its interior cools. Okay. Yeah. It's 50 meters skinnier than it was 100 million years ago. Well, so, yeah. well, there you go. They also discovered an unexplained mass weighing almost five quintillion pounds. That's a lot of weight. Surrounding the moon's south pole, it could be metal from an asteroid that crash landed. That's an amazing story. Yeah. That is. And finally, a 47-year-old man in Israel reportedly stole $8,400 from two banks by threatening tellers with an avocado, which he had painted black and claimed was a hand grenade. (laughs) You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.